Media. As consumers, we are bombarded by it at every turn, like the Incredible Hulk being bombarded by gamma rays. But what makes some media endure, while others are banished to the forgotten black hole of obscurity, never to be heard from again? Who or what decides this? Hetero life mate Steve and Yehel want to know, and they want to know now. This is Obscurity Now. now, 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 now. And what's up, Obscurians? Welcome to another episode of Obscurity Now, the show where we take a look at weird and almost forgotten pieces of media, and then we decide if they should be remembered for all of human history or tossed into the black void of obscurity, never to be heard from again. Uh, my name is Steve, and with me, he's uh, second in command for the King Koopa army. It's... It's Yehel, the uh, the evolved version, <laughs> Steve. Uh Hopefully you didn't get uh, stuck in the devolve uh, chair today. Uh, I mean, I always assumed I was with the devolved version of Yehel, but you know what? Whatever, you know, uh, you can. Um... No, this is uh, the new improved Yehel. Oh wow! Are, are you gonna start I, uh... eating? What is it they eat in there? I, I can't tell which way this is going. <laughs> <laughs> what do I eat? Yeah, yeah, they're always eating. Uh... Are they eating like fungus or something? Uh, it's so oh, I thought bizarre. you were talking about me personally. I'm like, I have a pretty clean diet, Steve. Uh... Right. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Only funguses or fungi, fungi, fungi. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't eat any boring guys. It's the, <laughs> the fun one. It's getting real weird, almost as weird as uh, the movie we're talking about today. <laughs> and that's uh, Super Mario Brothers. No, not the new blockbuster animated film, but the 1993 flop uh, and live action film. Uh, by the same name, pretty much. I mean, there's really no difference, right? It's both. They're both called Super Mario Brothers, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. You didn't actually check out the new one, did you? No, I haven't watched it. I know a lot of people that have, mm -hmm. uh, and I mean, I know you know Steve. You and I, we run in circles full of cynical people. We have cynical people <laughs> in our lives. Very few positive people, positive influences. I consider myself uh, the king of those people. <laughs> even when I met Blade, your child, he seemed cynical. Oh uh, yeah, but, uh, I'm, I'm teaching him right. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But uh, even you know the people that I know that have seen it, they've actually pretty much raved about it. They've all enjoyed it, but. I'm not going to go see it in the theater because I imagine there will be kids there. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we know they're <laughs> like your they're your kryptonite. Oh, I mean, you went so far as to snip off your own genitalia so you would not be able to produce any. So uh, again, Steve, not not how a vasectomy works. I'm uh, not according to like Looney Tunes. <laughs> <laughs> Not according to how they occur in the dystopian Super Mario Brothers alternate universe. Oh, God. I can only imagine. Uh, they, like, strap you to a chair, and then there's, like, all this goo and dinosaurs. And, I mean, I'm surprised they didn't have a scene a, like A that. dinosaur comes in and, like, bites your vast deference off. <laughs> See, I knew we could bring up your uh, your vasectomy again if we really tried. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't even feel like we had to try that hard. Uh, you, you brought it up. Mm, that, uh, I guess I did. I mean, because I knew you wanted me to. You were sending me. It's true, Steve. You, you know, once you become super evolved, you get a full 100% yeah. control of your uh, brain. You know, telepathy, telekinesis, all mm -hmm, the great mm -hmm. stuff comes into play. Yeah. And that's why I knew you wanted me to bring up your vasectomy. See, maybe maybe uh, if you get a vasectomy one day, we can, like, become the vasecto bros and get our <laughs> own, like, weird movie with uh dennis hopper wait is he alive still no sadly he's passed he, on 
Did he die from embarrassment? <laughs> <laughs> hey, he he dug himself out of the Super Mario Brothers hole. I would say most. Yeah, I don't know. Of course. Yeah, of course. most of the cast did, uh, aside from a few. But we'll uh, we'll get to that. Um, but uh, why don't we just start off with the most important question: Is uh, what is your history with the 1993 Super Mario Brothers movie? I didn't watch it in theaters. I I, I would have been 12, maybe 13 when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it looked pretty bad. It didn't seem to look to have much of anything to do with the games. And my friends around that same age at least thought the same thing. I don't know of that I had any friends that went to go see it live. Now, a lot of us saw it later on, like on HBO or VHS or something. But yeah, that's pretty much my history. Uh, and, and then I saw it as an adult at some point. But dude, when I went back to watch this, I remembered almost nothing of it. And I did not remember. I knew it was like unhinged and pretty out of pocket. Uh, however, even more so than, than I recalled or thought it would be. What? What? What about you? What's your that sounds like with a, this masterpiece? That sounds like the description of one roided up Vince McMahon. <laughs> uh, he is now Vicente El, El, El Senor Vicente Van McMahon. Have you seen him? Oh, with his mustache. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's like half like porny, half like Zorro. I don't know. It's somewhere. I don't know. To me, he looks like a like he's a Cuban cigar factory owner who's about to spend like a trillion pesos on his daughter's quinceañera. Right, so, right, and about to finally break ground on the factory in Tampa or Ybor City, to be more specific. Yes, yeah. Um, I remember coming out of another movie and seeing a poster for it on the wall, like uh, coming soon or something, and I remember thinking to myself. Uh, they made a movie of Super Mario Brothers. Uh, how's that going to work out? <laughs> uh, and then later, I remember seeing uh, the trailer on TV, and they showed that part where, you know, they use the horrible CGI when Daisy first uh, passes over into the uh, the Dino World or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, my goes history, to the wall I was like, the, wow, the Super Mario that Brothers looks movie. terrible. Uh, and then I didn't see the full movie till many years later. Actually, it wasn't even full. I think I caught the end of it uh, on that local Tampa station. I think it's WTTA TV 38. I remember they used to show a lot of like weird movies uh, on the weekends, just I guess because they had nothing mm-hmm. else to show. And uh, I I was kind of impressed that they used the word Devo, which because of course Devo is my favorite band of all time. Uh, unfortunately, their name being uttered in Super Mario Brothers did not help the movie uh, <laughs> uh, all that much. Probably didn't help the band uh, either well, they were, that they much. They were pretty but, dormant uh, at that time. Yeah, then I watched the whole movie um, with like some commentary or something and uh as an adult and i was like wow i uh, kind of understand who did, who did the commentary Mi- miyamoto no no one famous miyamoto? <laughs> it was just a bunch of loser podcasters just like us <laughs> ah, perfect, um, but perfect. no they uh it was still interesting um at the time and uh i mean and I will say one thing about super mario bros before we get too far into it uh it is kind of interesting but for all the wrong reasons <laughs> yeah yeah i totally agree i i, I think it's interesting it, it it feels almost like a movie that was written like the script was originally written with no thoughts about super mario brothers at all and then they were just kind of plugged into it after the fact is what it feels like i don't think that's 
was the actual case. Well, but, uh, uh, but maybe we should uh, go through the cast before we start. To, like, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, jump over to the Obscuratron, and then we will talk about why it doesn't look or feel like the game, and why it's not streaming anywhere. Here we go. Welcome to your feature presentation. All right, Super Mario Bros. premiered uh, May 28th, 1993. Uh, And uh, here's a synopsis. Two Brooklyn plumbers, Mario and Luigi, must travel to another dimension to rescue a princess from the evil dictator, King Koopa, and stop him from taking over the world. Uh, And uh, the director's here, and uh, I gotta say, this is probably a first for us here on Obscurity Now. It is a husband and wife directing team, or at least they were husband and wife. Uh, One might, I mean, I don't know if they uh, divorced have they, have they, they have, broken up? They have. Um, they are no longer married. And I don't know if it's because of this movie. I tried finding an answer to that question. But uh, but yeah, they are just uh, not married anymore. I, I'm going to theorize that they had a pact with Dennis Hopper uh, where he kills himself due to the embarrassment. And then they split up and get a divorce. A divorce I think suicide pact. pact. Wow. I think uh, you just coined yeah. a new kind of, uh, I don't know, pact, basically. Wow. You know, I've been looking for a way to leave my mark on the world, and this is as it'll good be, as any. Happy it'll Easter, everyone. It'll be called everyone. the Hell Pack uh, in the future here. Yeah, you know, their yeah. names are uh, Annabelle Jenkel and Rocky Morton. Uh, and uh, These do not I sound know, like right? right? It sounds like a, it might as well be Bullwinkle and Rocky who directed this film, basically. Yeah. Very, very Tecmo 2000 kind of 80s pro wrestling <laughs> yeah, yeah, It's like, oh, what are we going to call this guy who looks like Sting, but we don't have the right? Eh, Rocky Morton. How about that? <laughs> do, do, do you miss, like, back in the day, you could just zhuzh anything up by adding 2000 Oh, I do to miss it? that. I really do. Yeah. <laughs> like, Tecmo Team 2000, Legion of Doom 2000. Right. Oh, um, Those were the days. Yeah, back in the day. but and And now it's like... Obviously, you can't do it because we're past mm-hmm. the year 2000, but we're way too far from the year 3000, I feel, to like really start using that. for. And I don't know why it feels like we're too far from it, but I think everybody agrees that it's, it's just right, not the time. You're right, but you know what's right around the corner? 2099, baby. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure you've seen <laughs> that Spider-Man 2099 is going to be featured uh, prominently in the upcoming uh, Across the Spider-Verse uh, movie. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, anyway, if you were to wager a guess, what kind of stuff uh, Annabelle and Rocky worked on before they worked on Super Mario Bros? Because it, it's not. Oh, I, I don't have to guess because I saw that they worked on Max Headroom. Together. Right. Right. And then also a lot of music videos, uh, which I feel like uh, this movie feels very. I don't know, music video E. It reminds me of, uh, like, it feels like toys. Remember, we talked about covering toys with Robin Williams? Yeah, you keep threatening <laughs> that. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then they worked on. But, yeah, I, I can see where you're, where, where you're mm-hmm. coming from. It, it does at times feel very music video E, where it's more about, I don't know, creating some kind of interesting visual chaos or something rather than maybe telling the most coherent Ooh, well story. said well said uh moving on uh 
This is this is the new evolved to hell. I told you, Steve. <laughs> All right. So the writers here, um, it's like a writing team plus another guy, and that is uh, Parker Bennett and Terry Runte. I think that's how you say his last name. And uh, man. <laughs> I don't know who like pulled them up from the gutter, but uh, prior to this, they had only worked on Sweet Valley High, Mystery Date, and something called The Thief and the Cobbler. Um, and uh, I don't know if they just wanted to get somebody cheap to work on this, uh, but yeah, they that was it. That's all they've worked on, and then they never worked on anything after Super Mario Brothers. And uh, at one point, I guess they brought on uh, Ed Solomon. Uh, did you see? what um you know franchise he uh worked on prior to this no i i did not yeah well this guy is definitely your industry guy here because uh he's uh one, half of the duo who created uh the bill and ted franchise um he also worked on the sci-fi flop uh, mom and dad save the world uh men in black mm. and charlie's angels uh so i mean you know aside from some misses He's definitely had some uh, hits, and he's still working. I mean, he worked on the last uh, Bill and Ted movie too, so he's uh, you know still yeah. keeping busy. So you, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's not like some of the other people that worked in this movie, where it's like they've got this and maybe two or three other things, and the industry uh, knew uh, saw the level of their talent and never hired them for anything else. Again. Right. Well. The weird thing here, I mean, I don't want to get too into it, but I'd say we had a pretty. Uh, like competent cast and some decent people sort of working on the script. <laughs> I think where they fell short was uh, with uh, with the directors. But uh, the uh, you know the tail is in the tape, as they say in sports. You hell. And there's one thing I know, it's sports. And, uh, <laughs> Steve, uh, they don't say the tail is in the tape. They don't. I think you're thinking of tail of. The oh tail. yeah, that's it. <laughs> Wait. Which is when you show a bunch of stats about the fighters side by side. Right, but, right, uh, right. But it's okay, Steve. It's okay. I'm here. Involved Your Hell is here to, to guide you through the <laughs> oh, torrent maze-like, uh, I, don't, I don't know, difficulties that this kind of film can, can bring upon the human mind. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, one last thing before we get to uh, the cast here. I just wanted to mention... Uh, the music here um it's a pretty well-known guy i mean what do you what do you think of the uh, the score of uh, super mario bros uh it's i don't know man at times it's good other times i'm just like what like there's a really generic rock song at one point used during this scene that goes on way too long where they're going through some white tubes right and it sounded like stock music sure it didn't sound like something made for the film and it's weird when the credits pop up the first credits you see are the artist and the name of the song for the song that's playing in the uh, in the credits like did you notice that yeah, very strange. But uh, but yeah. I was speaking more. Was was the music done by Mojo Nixon, <laughs> the guy that seemed got to play Toad? I mean, I think there might be a few song of his in there, but the the composer is Alan Silvestri, uh, not related to Mark Silvestri, uh, but he worked on another, you know, very successful sci-fi trilogy. Do you happen to know what it is from the eighties? Uh, no, I don't. Back to the Future. Back to the Future. Oh, okay. But, but yeah. So he wait. He was the composer for Back to the Future. Yes. Um, 
Oh, wow. Because that has a great soundtrack. Right. Whereas this uh, soundtrack sounds very generic 90s. At times, it sounds like Three Stooges music. I mean, I, I feel like they definitely got yeah. their, his like B or C tracks or something. But um, it, it doesn't help that I think this is a difficult movie to score because the the tone of the film is all over the place. You nailed it. Yeah. So I think that probably makes it hard because you can see, I mean, this guy's obviously talented. He scored uh, Back to the mm-hmm. Future, you know, one of the most memorable scores and soundtracks from the 80s. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and blame it on the tone. <laughs> I think uh, I think you're on the right track. Uh, so who are some of the actors in this who tried really hard but still couldn't save this movie? All right. So uh, first up on the cast, we have Mojo Nixon. He plays Toad. Um, he doesn't have... No? Are you shaking your head? No, I mean, he tried to play Toad, is what I'm saying. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) I'm like, like, have I made, like, a huge mistake here? What's going on? Uh, Anyway, so They made a mistake casting him because his acting is atrocious. Yeah, he's he's pretty bad. Uh, But he normally looks like, I mean, he does have some other acting credits, nothing anyone's heard of, but uh, also kind of... Uh, more of a composer and a music guy, it seems like. Yeah, punk rock guy. But uh, yeah, yeah. Anyways, but uh, top build, we've got Bob Hoskins. Uh, he is probably, I think, most well known to people from uh, Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. But he's been in a bunch, bunch, bunch of stuff. Yeah, he's like a classic um, sort of <laughs> British crime guy. Um, before he, you know, came over and did uh, Roger Rabbit. Uh, like, if you're into like really hardcore crime stuff. That's what he did before he became Eddie Valiant. That's not what I thought you where you were going. You said if you're really into hardcore, that's that's not. <laughs> Your mind would go there <laughs> to hell. It would. I thought you were evolved. Well, what Steve. happened? <laughs> that was two stream attempts ago. Oh. Um, <laughs> all right. So we've got John Logozamo. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I should mention Bob Hoskins plays Mario or uh, Mario Mario. Mm. Um, what a dumb as joke. He's, officially referred to this mm-hmm. movie uh then we've got john logozamo as luigi that's luigi mario uh again john logozamo he's been in a bunch of stuff how do you feel about john logozamo oh i'm so glad you asked me because i was going to ask you i've always found him to be very annoying i've never li- i've never liked anything that he's done uh prior to uh did you happen to see last year's the menu did you happen to see that no, but I did see that Santa movie that he was in, that R-rated one. Uh, oh yeah, he was annoying in Silent that too. Night or something. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. I actually didn't think he was annoying in it. That that was like I think the first time I in a while I remember seeing a performance of his because he was more serious. Violent Night is what it was called. Right? Did you like um, that movie? I couldn't even finish it. I actually did like it. Yeah, maybe I'll give it another shot. There, there were a couple things that were like pretty cringe mm-hmm. and like a little too cheesy, but. It's also like, even though it's an R-rated violent movie, it's also like a Christmas movie. So I don't know. I kind of had those expectations going into it. So yeah, I, I actually pretty pretty uh, enjoyed it. But, pretty enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm say. yeah but if uh, he does a good job in the menu because he plays like a, a washed-up action star, a mute. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so he's basically playing himself for the most part. But yeah, it's uh, it's funny that you mentioned that because. I was talking with my uh, coworker that you know that you and I were going to be discussing this movie, and yeah, he pretty much feels the same way about John Leguizamo as you do—that he was basically forced upon the public for some reason uh, by 
I don't know, producers or agents that thought he was supposed to be a big deal or something. I don't know. Well, he started off as a comedian, right? Because uh, I do remember like he would do like stand up, right? I, I mean, and, I don't know uh, if that's how he started, but I know that, yeah, he did stand up. And we were looking at his, uh, I mean, on the IMDb, it shows a bunch of like TV credits like prior to Super Mario Brothers, right? Yeah. And I remember... You know, his stand up, I'll watch. He never did stand up, <laughs> but for whatever reason, that's how I remember it. Maybe, maybe he did stand up in a movie. I don't know. No, and I just remember does, finding him. He doesn't very call annoying. it stand up, he calls them like uh, one man shows or something like that. Okay, yeah. in other words, I wanted to do stand up, but I wasn't funny enough. <laughs> I'm still gonna try to be funny while I'm doing this, but because it's a one man show, not stand up, it's okay if I don't get laughs. Well, I, I was encouraged by uh, my coworker for us to cover. Uh, the pests because apparently it's absolutely oh, i was just gonna say that was like the the thing that was a nail in the coffin for him for me but and i get that he's supposed to be obnoxious in that movie mm-hmm. but i think they hired him because he is obnoxious right it's not like him acting exactly you know? exactly okay uh moving right along i had a feeling you also wouldn't like john Leguizamo, but uh, I know how you feel about my people. <laughs> I knew you were going to uh, make <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I'm kidding, folks. I'm kidding. All right. So moving along, we've got Dennis Hopper. He's been in a million things uh, that I'm not going to go over. Uh, as we've mentioned a few times, he did pass away uh, in 2010. But wait, let's uh, talk about next... your favorite Dennis Hopper role. I, I don't know, man. No? Uh, I feel like he's always like a bit of an over-actor. I mean, I like him. I like him for that reason. <laughs> like, I liked him in Waterworld. Um, but off the top of my head, I can't even like think of okay, any I'll other... Okay, I'll name off some movies for you, and you can tell me what, if anything, or if you've even seen them. Of course, Blue Velvet, David Lynch's Blue Velvet. Uh, did you see that one by any chance? Uh, no, no, I saw it on his IMDb, but no, Steve, I've of course going further that. back. I, I know, I know you've got you, you got a real uh hard on for David Lynch, though, so I'm not surprised to hear that you watched and it. Dennis uh, oh, Hopper. Smoke Monster and, in the chat, yeah, welcome, Smoke Monster. Uh, uh, well, Smoke Monster wrote all in blue caps, blue velvet. Uh, so I, I think, and then he quoted Baby Wants Milk, so I guess that's from it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. See, I knew we had people of class yeah, on this you, stream. You and Smoke Monster can go kiss by <laughs> David Lynch's grave when he dies. <laughs> no, he will never die. His, he'll live on forever through serility somehow. <laughs> but okay, so all right, so some more mainstream stuff. Obviously, uh, Speed. Um, he was in, um, like, they did a TV version of that movie Crash where he played, like, an insane record executive. He was awesome in that. Um you already mentioned Waterworld, and of course, uh, Easy Rider was like the the movie that really sort of uh, blew him up. But uh, but yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of Dennis Hopper. Uh, rest in peace. Yeah. So we've got Samantha Mantis, who plays the part of Daisy. Uh, she was in a bunch of stuff and is still working. But again, nothing that I think anybody will like really remember or recognize her from. Um, I guess she was in Billions for 15 episodes most recently. Uh, and she's got something called 12 Desperate Hours coming out. So it looks like a movie that no one will ever see. Sounds really desperate. Uh, <laughs> desperate attempt got, for attention. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of characters here, so I'm not really going too in-depth into them. Uh, we've got Fisher Stevens, who is playing Iggy, kind of one of the goons. 
Uh, he was also in a bunch of things, but again, nothing you're going to recognize him from, except maybe The Blacklist. Um, he was Marvin Gerard, so maybe people would know him from that. Mm-hmm. Um, then we've got the other goon uh, who's named uh, Spike, uh, played by Richard Edson. Uh, Richard Edson, again, still working. He's in a, been in a bunch of stuff, but seriously, nothing you're going to know him from. <laughs> And then finally, the last person I'm going to go over, unless you think there's somebody else worth going over, is Fiona Shaw, who plays Lena. She's kind of uh, Bowser slash King Koopa's assistant. Yeah, don't you remember Lena from the game? Duh. Yeah. Yeah. I remember her pining for Koopa's attention. Uh, But yeah, she's, I I think people probably would recognize her now from the Andor series. Uh, She plays Marva Andor on there. Huh. Wow. Well, good for her, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, is it, I mean, it's not Star Trek, so. Eh. <laughs> Were you able to make a... There's nobody from Star Trek in this production. Wow. Uh, no wonder Which... No wonder you seemed already checked out. <laughs> uh, I, I was pleased there was nobody from Star Trek. Involved. Not even any of the... I mean, I, I don't know how deep you went, but not, any, not even any of the special effects people like worked on... Uh, or you didn't go that deep. I I, I, I didn't go that deep. Okay, uh, all right. But I'm guessing probably not. <laughs> uh, Smoke Monster in the chat said, and maybe this is something you can relate to, you your fellow lynch head. Mm-hmm. He said, it's weird to quote Frank in real life and character to people who haven't seen Blue Velvet. I'll say that. You got that. That'll, uh, that'll end a date or relationship real fast. Real fast. All right. <laughs> well, and that is the cast. Steve, uh, should we dive in, or is there anybody else on the cast that made uh, an impression on you that you felt the need to highlight them as a thespian? I mean, I'm just glad you mentioned uh, Mojo Nixon. Uh, that's the important one here. Um, I did it for you because I, I knew that you would want. <laughs> well, I just wanted to point out, like when he's yelling, "You're such a bad leader!" Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think he was doing it on purpose. Almost, it was so bad. Um, but, but yeah, before we get, uh, too deep into our notes here, uh, I guess one of the big questions, of course, with any of our shows is, you know, where, where can I watch it or where is it streaming? And, uh, no, it's Super Mario Brothers 1993 is not streaming anywhere. Uh, did you happen to, uh, come across the reason why? I didn't come across the reason why I'm assuming some sort of issue with nintendo would be my guess but uh, oh it's not nintendo my good man it's our old arch nemesis disney (laughs) Uh, oh you remember oh steve Hmm. uh i'm sorry to backtrack but there actually was a star trek connection okay but thankfully i was able to not highlight it because we've said we're not gonna use him anymore because he's in so much stuff frank welker what uh yeah, Frank Walker. And actually, Dan Castanella, I forgot to mention, too. Uh, he's the narrator. Oh, no way. Uh, How did I miss that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised you didn't notice that. Wow, that's but, crazy. Uh, yeah, Frank Walker does the voices of the some of the creatures. And, you know, uh, as I've mentioned before, he's got like four or five Star Trek credits. Uh, so, yeah. Well, we, we could probably even start doing Simpsons connections at this point there's, there's a lot of those <laughs> there's, i feel like there's not nearly as many as uh, star trek but yeah maybe i'll i'll make a bumper we'll we'll see we'll see but uh okay do you remember when uh, we covered and i sure hope you didn't forget because that'd be sad the gene third or gen 13 movie 
Oh yeah. And uh, do you remember like it was never released because of uh, you know it was originally basically funded by uh, Disney or Buena Vista, the distribution company. And so mm-hmm. then Jim Lee, you know, he sold out to Warner Brothers. So they were like, oh, well, we're not going to release it now because that's a conflict of interest, more or less. Uh, well, yeah, that's yeah. pretty much the same thing with uh, Super Mario Brothers here is uh, that it was uh, going to be uh, distributed through Buena Vista. And there actually were, uh, you know, DVDs. There was one in 2003 and one in 2010. But now uh, Nintendo is obviously dealing with uh, Universal these days. Or, uh, yeah, it's Universal. Um, And so for Disney to, you know, stream uh, Super Mario Bros. 93 here, it would be a conflict of interest for them. So there you go. Uh, Blame Disney. Uh, But you can't, if you're a big physical media. Uh, I I know you you like to blame them for all of the ills of the world. All the problems in my life. But, Uh, But... but uh, hey, this this time it's a real one. <laughs> I mean, but you know, is Disney? This is they're doing a bit of a favor to society. <laughs> you're by keeping this one in the vault. You're probably right. Uh, spoiler alert! But um, according to uh, one of the podcasts I listened to, uh, the success of the new film has actually you know boistered the numbers of '93 Super Mario Brothers. So. I guess people are hopping on Amazon and they're paying five bucks for that DVD from 2010. But uh, if you're a big uh, Blu-ray guy, you can actually get a, um, it's like a four import, import Blu-ray from overseas. If you really, really want to watch Super Mario Brothers in its best quality. Um, but uh, anyway, so another big question about Super Mario Brothers 93 is, why isn't it like the game? And I think I found the answer, and it's basically this. Okay. The producer, Roland Jaffe, he obtained the Mario film rights from Nintendo. And basically, Nintendo was like, hey, why should we go with a small um, you know, studio like you? And he was like... Yeah, because that's very strange at the beginning. You see when you see all the studios that worked on it, it's like you've never heard of any of these. Right, right. And basically, uh, he was like, well, with a smaller studio, you would have more creative control. And Nintendo was like, we don't care about creative control. Our brand is so strong that you can do whatever you want with it. <laughs> and so they got all the merchandising rights, they being Nintendo. And then Joffy here, he got the, uh, the film rights for which he turned it over to basically turned it over to Annabelle Jankel and Rocky Morton who uh, they said that they were best for the job because they come from the sc- film school of Tim Burton, where I guess they... So... What's up? The stream is down. What? How could that be possible? Oh, wait. Now it's back. Okay. Okay. Never... Yeah, that was weird because I was still seeing you fine. But, uh... <laughs> um, anyway, sorry to cut you off, Steve. It's okay. Um so, yeah, basically, they compare... Oh, you're going to keep talking. Well, then I'll cut you off again. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they uh, they compared themselves to uh, Tim Burton. Um, and basically, that was their idea for the film, is that they wanted to make this, like, weird, funny thing come along the lines of something Tim Burton would do. And um, I guess Joffe was all on board because, I mean, that was sort of like the, the in kind of... I don't know, brand at the time, right? Just sort of uh, like kind of dark and funny stuff, or at least that's the Tim Burton brand. 
And uh, so they let these, uh, you know, art school hipsters, <laughs> Joffy, or not Joffy, but um, the uh, Annabelle and Rocky, basically do whatever they want. And they envisioned it as a mix between Blade Runner, The Wizard of Oz, and Ghostbusters. Uh, so <sighs> that's why it looks the way it does. You know, it's so funny because when they go into like this dystopian alternate world where like Koopa lives and all that stuff, it looked to me, at least visually, and obviously this came out before it, but it reminded me of Idiocracy. Yeah. Like the way the future. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. There's a lot of movies uh, this reminded me of that hadn't come out yet. Well, it didn't remind me of, but you know, as I was going through it and you know, seeing all the all the dinosaur stuff, which uh, I don't know if you happen to to notice, but the movie is based on Super Mario World, which I guess had just come out around that time. Uh, which I mean, if you were a person who's supposed to like extract a feature film from uh, Mario Brothers and you saw like Yoshi and Koopa is the first thing that jumps in your mind. Hey, dinosaurs, let's make it as dinorific as possible. No, <laughs> but you know, these are adults, you know, who obviously they weren't playing the games and obviously. they're probably thinking, Oh, kids love dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. Jurassic park. Then in Jurassic park come out in 92. See, that's what I was thinking. I was like, are they trying to uh, sort of piggyback off the success of Jurassic park? Jurassic Park came out a month later after this. They both came out the same. So there's a bunch of films that have a look similar to this movie afterwards. Mm -hmm. Jurassic Park came out after this movie. Maybe this movie, Steve, is more important in the uh, <laughs> history of cinema than we thought. Maybe. Only time will tell. Uh, probably not. No, probably not. But uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, the, the movie starts off with some uh, pretty uh, lame animation. <laughs> why, why is that animation so bad? It's like animation done on a computer, mm -hmm. like a Mac or something, and then blown up like to the size of like film. So, you know, you're probably, they probably did it on like something that, could, that was a resolution of like 640 by 480, something like that, then blew it up and... It looks like then they maybe pixelated it slightly on top of that. They definitely did that with the real footage <laughs> of like the the scenery and yeah. It, it, either way, it looks terrible. It seemed like they were going for a mix of cartoony and computer generated imagery, and it just mm, not good. No, definitely and unnecessary. Oh yeah. Well, I mean that's the thing is they have to continuously um, re-explain the premise to the audience and. It's so ridiculous. And then they explain it right in the very beginning that uh, what if the impact of the meteorite that killed the dinosaurs actually created a parallel universe where they, uh, I guess, escaped to or and then they continued to evolve kind of like humans. Uh, does it remind you of a cartoon that we reviewed? <laughs> The parallel world where I mean it, no. it's not the same, but it's similar. Oh, like like the Dungeons and Dragons. No, no, dinosaurs. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> My God, you know what, Steve? I don't remember anything from the episode of Dinosaurs <laughs> that I watched. Well, that's because that, that show, show was very forgettable. But um, but yeah, I just thought that that you know what we should cover that it? that came up in, in my mind because there's so much fucking dinosaur shit in this movie. Uh, Denver the dinosaur. Oh yeah, is it not on the list? Uh, well, if not, we I don't should know. definitely. I'll add it if it's not. But but 
Talk about a talk about a show with a catchy song. Oh yeah, that you will wish <laughs> didn't get stuck in your head. Right, right. Yeah, we definitely should. Um, so yeah, obviously, um, the premise is, I mean, is just so, uh, outlandish and convoluted, I'd say, and definitely seems like something some, uh, art school hipsters would extract from the, uh, the Super Mario Brothers game, I guess, yeah, you know, like, it's just, yeah. they just made it too complicated for no reason, um, and and it's weird, like, who is this movie geared at? I, I, I don't know who the, get who this movie is for, because at the beginning, especially starting off with that very childish animation, you think, okay, this is geared towards kids. Makes sense, right? It's a Super Mario Brothers movie. But there, there's other stuff in the movie that's very much uh, adult. And I don't mean like a joke that only adults would get. I mean, there's like a billboard for Newport cigarettes. They're smoking in the movie. And at one point, one of the jokes is like in the background – there's like uh, in the alternate world that there's a theater and one of the movies that they're playing, it says that it's a triple X movie. Oh, wow. I actually uh, missed that. But um, yeah, no, I'm. And there's other stuff, too. But uh, yeah, I'm just like, who is this for? There's not enough like kitty humor in it. And, and the kitty humor that they do do is terrible. Uh, you're so yeah, I, I don't get you're it. absolutely right. Uh, I would also add to that list the uh, the club scene where there's all these scantily clad uh, women <laughs> like right. dancing. And then there's that scene where uh, Mario is basically seducing Big Bertha so he could get the piece of the meteorite that's stuck yeah, in her yeah. cleavage. And then he like gets yeah. down there and basically motorboats her to save the cleavage. I mean, I don't remember Indiana Jones ever having to motorboat anyone to, to get a piece I, of treasure. I, I don't either. Yeah. No, and, and then like the the two lines of coke that Luigi does before he goes to fight <laughs> Koopa, like just to get hyped up. I mean I mean if anyone was on Coke, it has to be John Leguizamo. I mean <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I think cocaine is actually made by extracting his sweat and uh, turning it into a fine crystal. <laughs> and uh, it's also been uh, famously recorded that uh, Dennis Hopper, uh, he did a lot of drugs too, uh, just to throw it out there. Uh, but yeah, you, uh, you mentioned the tone and who is this for? Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing. Like, I mean, something like this is definitely something that I would be into in the 90s or even now because it's got, you know, futuristic Blade Runner-esque stuff going on. But then they ruin that with some of the most unfunny, like cartoony-esque, like jokes and like slapstick and stuff. So the two yeah. just completely cancel each other out, like <laughs> ruining yeah. like any chance to like enjoy uh, enjoy the movie. Um, uh, totally agree. Some of the sets, I mean, look really cool. Mm -hmm. I mean, to be honest, like some of the sets and vehicles, like the police cars, I think are pretty awesome. Uh, some of the stunts with with the with the car, some of the action scenes are actually pretty decent. Some of them are pretty atrocious as well. Yeah. But I mean, it's no uh, parole violators, but they're pretty decent. <laughs> no, 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 no. They they weren't actively trying to kill anyone. Though there's quite a few stunts that you can tell it's really Bob Hoskins and Logozamo doing it. Mm -hmm. And I was very surprised at some of the stuff they had him do, where I couldn't like see harnesses um, or anything. But uh, yeah, so the movie. I, what did you think about how it starts off with like, okay, Mario and Luigi, they're plumbers in the real world. Mm -hmm. And they use the trope of, you know, they're behind on their rent. They never get any work. Sure. Right. I hate that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so they're like real plumbers. They go to a job 
And for no reason whatsoever, like there's like a company run by a guy named Scapelli mm-hmm. that is trying to mess with Daisy because she's like the foreman at, or not the foreman, but like the head archaeologist, I guess, right. at like some site where they're, what are they digging up dinosaur bones? Of course. Yeah. Um, and later on, like it's never explained why Scapelli is even trying to help Koopa or how he even knows him. Uh, but I mean, he's not trying to help Koopa. He's just, um, how did they explain it? They had a reason for this. It was, um, they were working, they were doing some sort of construction on or the shore near the bridge or whatever. And then they accidentally found, um, dinosaur bones. And then at the same time also, uh, like broke through to that, uh, I don't know, dimensional gateway or something. I mean, they don't, they don't know each other. Scapelli. And- oh, okay. Yeah. I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought Koopa was like using Scapelli to like, cause I thought he had his workers do something to like initiate that. Okay. never mind. Yeah. Yeah. No, that I'm a, I'm a fool, Steve. <laughs> I, I am, uh, this is devolved. Yeah. Hell in this stream. Uh, for those that don't know, there's a, there's a chair that Koopa has and he can stick you in it and, one uh, switch on it will make you evolved and smarter, and the other switch will make you devolve, which turns you into a Koopa. <laughs> yeah, now, why would you want... Uh, I mean, I, I I get you want your, you know, your minions to be sort of dumb, but why would you want to make them, like, so dumb to where they can't, like, even accomplish their job? They're incompetent. Yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah, I don't, I don't get it either. Oh, in the chat... Um, Smoke Monster asked if there's pizza in it. Um, so we just went to the movie. There, there isn't pizza, but bef- they end up going like Mario and Luigi end up going on a double date where like because Luigi's into Daisy, the archaeologist. They immediately fall in love within the span of like 10 minutes. Yeah. Well, when you've got somebody as obnoxious and overbearing as John Locuzamo, <laughs> you can't help but fall in love it's, because he smothers you, Stephen. You can't get away. It's the implication. But, uh, you have to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> um, so Mario uh, has a girlfriend or a significant other of some sort mm-hmm. that they go on a double date with, and they do go to a pasta, a, 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 a pasta restaurant, an Italian restaurant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they go to pa- Hulk Hogan's Pasta Mania, actually. <laughs> I don't know if anybody remembers that. Pasta still rules, brother. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're eating like spaghetti and meatballs. I don't think anyone's having any pizza, unfortunately. No, 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 no. But uh, but but no, like back to your. Uh, did you did you finish your question or? Oh no, yeah, you did. So yeah, back to the opening. I mean, all like the sort of '90s cliches or tropes, if you want to call them, uh, are there. As you said, they're like you know they're the underdog, uh, and Scapelli is the the corporation, and like those are like the two main like themes or driving factors of a lot of 90s movies is corporation bad save the environment and they weave both of those uh into the super mario brothers movie here um and yeah like when the wacky henchmen like show up like that's when you know this is uh i mean that that's also a very typical sort of 90s trope it's like the dumb and they're also weird for uh and you sort of see this also later on in men in black which is another movie written by uh uh that solomon guy from uh from bill and ted and uh yeah so it starts starts getting cringy like right off the bat for the most part yeah and um and yeah there's like uh mario's girlfriend like after they finish their date um, the the dumb henchmen they kidnap uh, Mario's date and they put a bag over her head like how would they know to do that like 
<laughs> since they're from another I, world or so, they're so stupid why would yeah, they even but, do but it? It's, it and it's well i mean but in the other world like there are humans right. but they evolved from lizards right 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 but they're still humans mm-hmm. but they evolved from reptiles of some sort that's why when you get devolved you turn into a koopa which is apparently a reptile now apparently but uh I will say, though, and you've shown the green Koopa head guy uh, a few times. Mm. He I do think that the creature effects in this movie are pretty decent and the designs are pretty good. They just don't align with the designs of the characters in the game. No, no. And I I would agree with you that especially the uh, Yoshi puppet is uh, pretty good. But prior to that, I remember when they first... um, show up in the the Koopaverse, I guess, for lack of a better term. There's two little, um, like, baby dinosaurs fighting, and they look just like action figures that you could buy from Walmart, basically. Yeah, it's clearly somebody moving them off screen. They're not, like, even rigged like a puppet. Mm -hmm. Uh, But whereas, you know, you see uh, the Koopa and Yoshi in particular. Like, Yoshi is really well done. Mm -hmm. They spent some money Uh, on him. You know, (laughs) it's... Yeah, it's a physical puppet. Uh, I'm assuming it's being puppeteered, but the the movement is awesome. The animatronics and the headpiece are really good. Even the tongue uh, stuff is like done really well. Uh, but yeah, so this is a, a weird movie because like from the way that it's shot, like visually at times it's phenomenal, and other times it's terrible. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I I feel like the performances you can kind of argue the same way, like. Dennis Hopper and Bob Hoskins, they really like try to put in a good performance mm-hmm. here uh, and make the material better than it is. But by the same token, then you've got your John Lokuzama who can't deliver like a single straight line <laughs> yeah. without sounding like he's at his like first acting class. He, he's just monologue. he's just there to be shirtless in the desert for some reason. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's not like he's some like super attractive in shape guy right. either. So it's weird that they have that desert scene where. He's shirtless, walking down like a like a big hill of well sand. Right. And next to him is Mario, and Mario is wearing like a shirt with a jacket, like a big <laughs> heavy winter jacket over it. So is it hot? Is it cold? I don't know. Another uh, big misstep I would say um, with this movie is that, I mean, basically, it's uh, Luigi is basically the main character because he's the one who falls in love with Daisy. He's sort of like the driving force. And when in the Mario universe has that ever been the case, you know? Uh, I mean, I mean, right. Like literally his Luigi's last name is Mario. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> God. He is second fiddle. Exactly. Uh, I will say I do not mind the outfits that they end up giving them once they get there, have their big costume mm-hmm. moment, uh, how they reworked it into more like green and, uh, and red kind of like work suits or whatever i agree uh i thought i thought that was fine Mm -hmm. i didn't Mm -hmm. have a problem that they didn't do the uh the whole overall what do you think of the um the the jumping boots (laughs) yeah that was awful i because obviously like jumping is a big part of i mean it's a fucking platform game (laughs) so jumping is the thing in mario brother games right Mm -hmm. but yeah they don't jump in this movie until they get these weird like mechanical platform shoes that they can be used also as like little mini jetpacks. Yeah. Um, but they never jump on like an enemy to like take them out nope. like on their heads never or happens. flatten them or anything. Nope. And the mushrooms, when they do finally use them, because Luigi, 
Luigi's <laughs> such an idiot in this movie because there's all this fungus and all this nasty stuff all over the place in the alternate world. And sometimes, like, Luigi will come across a mushroom and he's like, oh, uh, maybe we should eat this. <laughs> and Mario's like, why the fuck would we eat this? It's coming out of this, like, slime. What are you talking about? He's like, I don't know. Maybe the slime's trying to tell us something. Why would it be trying to tell you anything? Like, it's so weird. And then when they finally, finally start to figure out, like, the slime was trying to help him. Spoiler alert. Because mm. it's Daisy's dad. The slime is Daisy's de-evolved dad. Right, and I, I can't uh, wait to unveil the actor who who played that dad. Uh, I mean, should we just do it now in case we forget? Go, go Yeah, go ahead. Who is it, Steve? Okay, so you make your way through this entire movie. And for me, this was a reward because I'm a big fan of this guy. He's only in the movie. Or at least you only see him for what two minutes, maybe two and a half tops. It's Lance maybe. freaking Hendrickson from Millennium. He plays Bishop in Aliens. I'm glad you left him out of your uh, cast, um, you know, read down because I wanted to mention that he shows up at the end for two and a half minutes. Uh, and did, yeah, I mean, how do you feel about Lance Hendrickson? Oh no, the the dude is awesome. Yeah, awesome. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know what his acting, uh, where he was on the acting hierarchy in Hollywood at the time, you know, it feels like this would have been beneath him, but by the same token, Bob Hoskins is in this movie. And Dennis Hopper. And did yeah. you read about some of the people that were tied to this film at first? Yeah. Like Schwarzenegger at one point. Uh, yeah. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm-hmm. Danny DeVito, Tom Hanks. Yeah. Uh, like they had there were a couple more but they had all agreed in principle to do the movie mm-hmm. uh at one point or another uh you know depending on like what the script was and then once they read the script they all noped out of there right but well, I, prior to um the guys who solomon and the other two guys who i mentioned to uh, write the script they were initially gonna go with uh, the guy who wrote uh, rain man <laughs> and uh the script was gonna be actually like the relationship of Mario and Luigi and like being brothers and stuff. And then, but they thought it was too dramatic. So they, they tossed it and then went with <sighs> the people who we, uh, we ended up with. <laughs> so instead of making a drama that kids wouldn't like, they made some weird dystopian cyberpunk science fiction thing that kids wouldn't like. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so they end up, uh, Daisy, during that dinner, like, she reveals that she has, like, a crystal around her uh, neck. She never takes um, off. Like, Nothing weird about that. Yeah. It was, she says it was the only thing that she has from her origins or whatever. Because, mm. basically, I don't think we talked about it, but she gets dropped off as a baby at the beginning of the movie. Right. Uh, like, at a nun uh, orphanage. Mm-hmm. And she's dropped off uh, a baby, we should say. An egg is dropped off. Right is what we should say. And eventually that egg hatches mm-hmm. and out of it comes a human baby, which we <laughs> later find out is Daisy. So anyways, Daisy came out of an egg. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fine. That's sure, fine. sure. Uh, yeah, she's probably drinks Bud Light. You know? Yeah, so... If- uh, <laughs> <laughs> what the... What? What does that have to do with That's it? That's what Kid Rock probably thinks. <laughs> you don't know about this stuff going on with Bud Light yeah. and Chris Rock? Well, I, I don't know about Kid Rock, but I just I know they hired some you know trans person to be their spokesperson, and then now you know everyone's all up in arms about it. Well, not everyone, just Kid Rock and a few idiots. I mean, Bud Light has been like supporting like LGBT events mm-hmm. and sponsoring them for like twenty five years, so I don't know why they're suddenly like 
like, dude, try to find an alcohol company that it doesn't sponsor LGBTQT events. Like, you know, that's a big seller for them. You know, those events for their alcohol. Um, anyways, if you were wait, right I just want to add, could, if you were going to stop drinking Budweiser for or Bud Light for any reason, it would be because it tastes terrible. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say it would be the taste. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the taste is the most appalling thing about right, it. Right, right. Uh, but uh, anyway, so yeah, Daisy comes out of an egg, and Kid Rock is afraid if you drink Bud Light, you'll transition to into an egg person. <laughs> <laughs> that was the joke I was trying to make. Good, I like it. I like it. <laughs> all right. So, anyways, uh, all right, Luigi and Daisy they end up going into the alternate universe because uh, they end up finding the, like this portal in the caves that Daisy accidentally goes to do and. Luigi um, uh, goes through it, and, and it was like they end up finding because like Scapelli's people had like done something to try and sabotage the site. The special effects going through the wall, not very good. No, no, and it's funny. One of the uh, the few pluses that uh, they mention about uh, this film, they say, like though it bombed, the production innovated and introduced many filmmaking techniques now considered pivotal in the transition from practical to digital visual effects, including the use of Autodesk Flame. I'm not exactly sure what that is, but apparently they used it. Autodesk, I mean, Autodesk makes, it's got to be like some kind of 3D model. Yeah, CGI color, thing, right? yeah. Yeah, so, and this is kind of like once Mario and Luigi, because, you know, of course, Mario's going to go f- behind them. They end up, uh, <laughs> the sequence when Mario, by the way, is being transported into the new universe is so bad. Mm-hmm. And But then later, because I, I want to mention this now, later <clears throat> when Koopa does make it to the real world, which is his whole goal, King Koopa wants to basically get the crystal from Daisy to put it in something that'll make uh the portal open the worlds unite again and i guess like daisy is the only one that can withstand for whatever reason the energy that comes off from putting this crystal in right because it was written uh, into the plot sure yeah whatever um anyway i will say the special effects when koopa and mario get transported back to the real world was surprisingly good and it was very similar not the same level of quality but to the particle effect in avengers um infinity war when like all the characters start disappearing and they turn into little pieces. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. It was pretty close in quality mm-hmm. to it, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it, it was pretty decent. Yeah, I don't have any complaints uh, about that. Uh. <laughs> uh, Smoke Monster wrote that this sounds like the plot to a Star Trek Voyager episode. <laughs> it does actually, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So we see the real world or the 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 dystopian alternate dinosaur Koopa world for mm. the first time. And uh, what did you think when you first saw it? I mean, I uh, liked it, um, of course. I mean, even, I mean, when I was younger and I, you know, caught the last, I don't know, 45 minutes of this on TV, I know I, I kind of thought that it, it would be something that I could actually get into, that it would be like, oh, well, this is some, you know, wacky cult film that everyone else doesn't understand, uh, at least from, from the look of it, <laughs> at least. Uh, but, you know, yeah. when you watch the entire film, uh, it, it proves that it's really for no one because <laughs> uh, of the <laughs> script, I'd say mostly like the dialogue is just absolutely atrocious and the comedy is is what really kills it, I think. Um, but no, I, as far as the set design is concerned, I like it. Yeah, I, I like it, too. Uh, the set's really nice and big, too. 
Uh, and, and it just looks uh, like it almost looks like something you you could see in, you know, like a Total Recall movie yeah. or uh, RoboCop ish, you know, if I'm not mistaken, like I, I wouldn't. They're filming on the same like soundstage as what Blade Runner was actually filmed in. I, I believe I, I read that somewhere. Oh, OK. Yeah, yep, I, I could definitely see that. But uh, yeah, and I don't really man. There's so much stuff that like ends up happening from here forward. In this plot, you know, Mario and Luigi are just trying to like find Daisy and and get her, and you know, hilarity. I guess ensues. <laughs> they get into a bunch of like situations. Yeah, I mean, the big uh, overarching thing here is they want Koopa wants to merge the two worlds because somehow the piece of the meteorite that struck uh, struck the Earth, like that's basically the key to everything. And, of course, Daisy has it, and then she doesn't. And it's basically a big search uh, for that thing. And, uh, yeah, just it's basically a bunch of wacky scenarios for them uh, to get into. And by them, I mean uh, Luigi and um, and Mario. Uh, I mean, we're trying to look for the, yeah. the highlights here. <laughs> um, there's a. I mean, we can talk about, like, you know, there's like a scene where after Mario and Luigi get arrested, uh, the prison is basically like these tiny like cells, like these little boxes mm-hmm. that everyone's in. Like, like think like a human size, like chicken coop kind of a right. thing. Uh, I mean, that whole scenario is kind of interesting and neat, mm-hmm. I suppose. Uh, did you notice that the cop at the front desk looks just like Andrew Tate? No, no. I'm... He's like a, a white version of Andrew Tate. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, like, if you go back and look at that guy, he looked just like him. Uh, yeah, one of the but, one of the big problems I have with the dialogue, especially when they first arrive at the, um, at the Koopaverse, is the fact that everyone seems to constantly be talking about the premise over and over again. Like Koopa is just going for 65 million years. The humans have clean air and they're wasting it and destroying it. And uh, yeah, it's it's just I mean, I I guess they do that because they know how convoluted their plot is. (laughs) And if they don't. Yeah, they're trying to say that basically this world needs the resources of the real world. Right, right. But it also doesn't kind of make sense because they do have like this big sprawling city with lots of cars and yeah, everything looks nasty and dirty, but they also say later that that happened after King Koopa took over. Right, right, right. So that he's just like a bad leader. Yeah, I guess the idea is, uh, you know, King Koopa is your corporate Trump-esque overlord, and he's already used up all the resources of that, uh, of the Koopaverse. And so he wants to, you know, basically take the resources from our world and use them for his... Uh, Whatever, yeah. blah, 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 90s environment, anti-corporate, blah, so, blah, blah. Smoke Monster wrote in, wrote in the chat, this is the kind of random 90s movie that should have had at least a killer soundtrack with lots of original pop songs for no reason. And you would think this would have like an awesome 80s, like, uh, you know, electronic soundtrack to go along with it, which I think would have done a lot to help the movie. But not really. Oh no! I mean, some some of the songs are are good, but yeah. yeah I mean, you've got your as I as we said earlier, typical uh, '90s score by Mark Silvestri, and yeah, the the choices of of pop songs, if you will, A- Alan Silvestri, Mark Silvestri, Alan. Is busy, uh, working on <laughs> Cyberforce. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I feel like Mark really could have spruced things up here, but uh, yeah. So we got Alan um, and his uh, sort of generic score that. 
I feel like was passed around a lot of other movies during this time. Uh, and the and the pop songs that they do pick, I feel like are um, sort of like alternative rock, like popular alternative rock at the time, like stuff that kids like wouldn't really care about in the slightest. Uh, and, uh, and but you're right. Yeah. If this would have had like an electronic score and but they do have uh, we already talked about the club scene. They do have everybody do the dinosaur. I mean, that that was going to be a big yeah. hit. That's just as good as Go Ninja Go, right? I mean, I will say at least like because there's so much dinosaur stuff in this movie, like that song makes sense mm-hmm. to it. But the thing is, like, it's a Super Mario Brothers movie. There should it shouldn't make sense, right? That there's a dinosaur song in it, you know? Yeah, there. This movie had a dinosaur fetish, and it's like it's it shouldn't be that. It should be a Mario and Luigi fetish. <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, well, Steve, I'm not here to kink shame, but um, <laughs> I'm just telling you. Hey. The uh, the filmmakers had the wrong fetish, is what I'm saying. Steve, Steve whatever you whatever you want to plunge, it's fine with me. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. Um, there's a scene where is it Luigi? He fights someone with a plunger. Let's see. Oh, he fought a gimp with a plunger. Do you remember that? Yeah. Like, yeah. why was there a gimp in a movie that's supposed to be for kids? <laughs> I was just gonna say the same thing. It's like the triple X movie playing in the theater in the background. Like, why was there a porn? theater in the back like i mean again that goes these uh like art school new wave wannabes they're just uh, we're just gonna make something so edgy and cool wouldn't it be cool if luigi fought uh you know a gimp with a plunger ah yeah that'll totally blow their minds dude put it in there bro uh yeah Yeah. because they're plumbers bro yeah oh god i mean they they definitely made the most out of the whole plumber gimmick. Uh, they're constantly using their tools to like get out of situations. Um, I mean, I don't know if I. Unfortunately, the the way that they yeah, and I agree they they do use like their tools a lot, which you know they were smart to design the world, um, the Koopa world. I'm just going to call it to have lots of pipes mm-hmm. and stuff kind of everywhere. Sure. It's it's very plumbery, <laughs> I guess you could say. <laughs> The plumber-esque yeah, Why wasn't Amanda Plummer uh, in this? I just don't understand why. Well, she you know, she's actually the one of the main villains in the new season of Star Trek. The I know. Comics I was season. just watching the Red Letter Media review about it, so I know that. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually been pretty good. E- even they like it so far. <laughs> Although I have the same concerns they do about are they gonna screw this up in the last two episodes? <laughs> I Well, we'll see. Concerned and expecting it, but so far it's been very, very mm-hmm. good for the most part. But uh anyway. Yeah, so I, I I do think that that was smart because it did let them, as you say, use a lot of their tools in a way that made sense to get out of situations and that kind of thing. Um, but I, what did you think about the scene where um, they... Oh, my God, I, it, it, it just left my mind. Damn it. That's how memorable the, the scene must have been, Steve. What did you think about uh, that Well, scene? I was going to ask you what you thought about... <laughs> I mean, it's essentially a bobsled scene um, where it's so... Oh, yeah. The yeah, so they thing. can slide down and go. Uh, that's another thing that was in, like, sort of 90s action comedies. is, uh, And I guess Bill and Ted coined it as two guys, like, screaming as they, like, you know, fall down a hill or something. You know, the, ooh, the, yeah. <laughs> like, there's a, there's a lot of that in this. Um, I remember one of the lines I wrote down here is uh, the, the trust the fungus, I guess, uh, earlier when you were talking about, um, you know, how they're always talking about the mushrooms and stuff. Um, let's see. 
use it as well. Oh, I remember what I was going to say because you were talking about uh, how they work in the plumbing stuff pretty smoothly. Uh, I was going to say one thing that they don't work in very well, and it feels very shoehorned in, is like references to video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean to actual the actual word video games. Like at one point, Luigi and Mario, when they're breaking out of the, the prison, the jail or whatever, they steal a police car. And Mario's like, oh, how does this turn on? It's all computer operated. I don't get it. And Luigi like puts you know some keys into the keyboard or whatever, and the car starts working. And Mario's like, how did you do that? And he and Luigi says, Oh, it's because I sit on my butt playing video games all day. Oh, wow. What? Grown. Like, how does that, how would that help you crack some kind of like code or encryption or some kind of way to start a car yeah. in another universe? I mean, so, I, I want to yeah. say like that's, again, the, uh, the hipster filmmakers here. They're either trying to appeal to gamers or shame them for being gamers. I can't really figure it out. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I don't yeah, get They're it. just trying. It's more. It's more like I feel like it's more like they got notes that said from Nintendo that said, "Hey, we need you to reference video games yeah, more." Or something. I guess one of the ways we have to to mention that um, at one point uh, Koopa wields a a Devo gun, um, and no uh, no relation to the band, but lots of relation to the Super Nintendo because it is basically a Super Scope Six that's painted gray. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people yep. uh, know that by now. Um, it's actually uh, one of the images that you have that right. come up here That's on the uh, why I mentioned front, it. So. Um, and uh, yeah, I remember at one point uh, during a car chase, there is a skeleton on the front of a taxi for no reason. Right after that woman, Lena, gets electrocuted because that's definitely what eight-year-olds need to see, a grown woman electrocuted, yeah. but not to death. But but she survives she, that. She not right. to death. She ends up getting a far more gruesome death right. later. And uh, that's one of the problems, at least that keeps me from enjoying this, is that it's the violence. Well, I was gonna say there's no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's no repercussions hardly. Um, it, there, and for anyone, it's so cartoony that you know everyone's gonna be fine. Like no one is ever really. Well, Lena does die though. Pretty. Pretty gruesomely, I thought, because Lena ends up getting the um, is it Lena or Neela, whatever Lena. her name is. She ends, she does end up getting the crystal, and she sticks it in the part of the cave or whatever that she needs. It needs to be stuck in to like open the portal or reunite the worlds, and the energy flow blows her back into the wall, cave wall, so hard that she ends up vaporizing and turning into a skeleton. <laughs> And her skeleton is just stuck on right. the wall. Right, isn't her jaw open? And then, open? like a couple seconds later, the mouth, the jaw opens on the skeleton. Like, I was surprised. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I meant mostly for the protagonists. There's never any because re- they're just quipping the whole way, basically. Like, there's never any danger for them. Yeah. Well, Steve, when you have a, a Legozamo, <laughs> you gotta let him uh, quip a zamo. <laughs> that's uh, that's. That's a bit of industry jargon. Whip a Zamo, but... huh? That sounds like a, a yeah, bad yeah. frozen pizza. It's like, hey, are you single and live alone uh, and hate cooking for yourself? You need to get some Quipazamo pizza. <laughs> uh, the Quipazamo is actually the uh, the new seasonal menu item at Caraba's Italian. Not really Italian <laughs> Does that grill. <laughs> restaurant still exist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got wow, one near my house. Awesome. Uh, Next time you visit, we'll go down and have a couple Quipazamos. <laughs> I, I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, so yeah, we're pretty much uh, towards the end of the of the film now. Um, or, and one one thing, did you notice that 
at when they uh when mario and luigi go back to the regular brooklyn luigi is wearing the exact same yin yang shirt that he was wearing at the beginning of the film i didn't notice that at all and that leads me to the question um, so obviously is was... uh how many yin yang shirts did you have in the 90s yeah, I I do believe I had a couple, but not not a ton. How I think I at you? least had one. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't have too many. I didn't have any no fear shirts, and I'm very proud. Ah, uh, uh, did I have? I must have had at least one or two. I'll admit it. Oh, you're a white kid with dirty blonde hair. I'm sure you had a no fear. Shirt. <laughs> I had a bowl cut too. <laughs> yeah, actually, I mean, I mean, everybody had those no yeah. fear shirts, not just white kids. But um, it was funny though. Like I, you know, those were kind of like. Even though they weren't targeted shirts, it was that kind of style of shirt, right? With a, for those that don't know, with a bunch of writing on it, and it would be always something real stupid, like, "Oh, uh, I played uh, baseball real hard till my." I, I can't even remember what they would say, but they would say like dumb shit, like a couple lines, and then at the bottom, no right? Fear. It's basically you know Mountain Dew sort of a commercials uh, dialogue or whatever written on the back of a shirt uh, to sound all poetic and intense bro it's all, all 90s tood when you get right down to it yeah 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 but i mean even as a kid i thought those things were like cringe. Yeah, i was i was uh, on board i was kid. like oh i have to tell everyone i have no fear by wearing a shirt that says i have no fear yeah well you know it might and it might be an age thing because i was like a little right. bit true, older true. than you you were, and you were too busy like, wearing your I, big johnson shirts to be worried about no fear I wasn't wearing those either. I was going to say, I think it might be a bit of an, maybe not an age thing, but maybe a cultural thing. Cause I came here from Puerto Rico and we, those weren't like a thing in Puerto Rico, even though I went to like that American school, they taught everything in English. And I was like, what, what is this? This is stupid. I, I just looked up some no fear shirts. One of them says, if you can't win, don't play. No fear. <laughs> oh, okay. This is the baseball shirt I was thinking of. Bottom of the ninth down by three. Basis loaded. Full count. Two outs. No fear. <laughs> more, more. I want more, more. Give us more. Uh, oh, man. Let me see if there's uh, any other ones here. Uh, you know what? Those are like the only... Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> okay. Winning the... I can't even like read this one. Hold on. I gotta, I gotta blow this up. This is like... Okay, here we go. Willing depends on where you put your priorities. <laughs> it's usually best to put them over the fence. No fear. <laughs> and then there's like a baseball bat. On the <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Oh, this is going to be a oh big, big likes on TikTok. I can already see it. <laughs> yeah. Well, can we just do a no fear podcast where we, uh, we should just have like the weekly no fear shirt of yeah. the week. The weekly no fear shirt of the week. That's, well, all right. I'll tell you, since we're on current. this subject that we're probably never going to get on again. And if, unless we do do the weekly no fear shirt, uh, I had back when I was doing uh, Olympic or Greco-Roman wrestling, uh, when I did our, my first tournament, they were selling shirts at the end. And I remember they had, uh, I bought one that had like a poem on the back that it was like, pain is just a feeling feelings passed with time. So pain is just a strain on the brain. I don't know, something ridiculous like that. But I thought it was oh, the like most God. bad. The Dan Carr, I right? I thought this? it was the most badass shirt that I that I ever had. And I wore it proudly for quite a while. Wow. Okay. Well, I will see. It doesn't, surprisingly, it doesn't seem like there's too many of these 90s no fear shirts like uh, cataloged. Mm. But I, I'm going to, I'm going to keep looking and uh, I'm sure it's just the way I'm, searching because steve 
<laughs> all men all men are great in their dreams reality just narrows the competition no fear <laughs> I don't think they even know. All right, we'll make this. We'll make this a segment. We'll make this a segment as long as I. I can love it. I love it. But we got to stop. I, I don't want to burn through the material. Do you have uh, <laughs> any more notes for Super Mario Bros. 1993? Yeah, we should mention that the two goons that are really dumb. They do end up getting put because they keep failing. They get put into the evolve chair by Koopa, and he makes them smarter. He chooses evolve instead of devolve, and then. I mean, they're smarter, I guess, in the sense that they use bigger words, but they're still kind of like kind of bumbling idiots. But at the end, it turns out that they were actually playing Koopa the whole time. And they were really on the side of uh, what's his name? Lance uh, Henriksen. So they were on the side of Daisy's dad. And that's why they actually wanted the the crystal, something that you think they would have just told her. But well, they do end up telling her later. Right. Uh, well, after they're smart, it's just so, more but, uh, convolution for the overly convoluted plot. Yeah. Just because so they wanted to show how smart they were. Anyway, you were saying, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe they were never really like even on her dad's side. They just realized that much like the shirt I'm looking at, second place is the first loser. <laughs> no fear. Oh, man, this is the greatest thing ever. Oh, gosh. Are you ready to render your verdict for Super Mario Bros. 1993? Yeah. All right, let's do this thing. All right. I got to stop looking at these shirts, Steve. I will say, I'm not going to read this one, but I found that there seems to be like... A no fear spinoff brand oh, no way. called No Fear Racing, oh. and it's like the sayings are like racing based. Of course they are. Of course they are. Of course you they are. So, uh, Yehel, No right. Fear Velasquez, uh, do you think Super Mario Brothers 1993 should be tossed in the void of obscurity, never to be heard from again, or remembered for all of uh, human and reptile history? Ah, oh, man, I'm I'm a bit torn on this. It, it, the movie's not good, and it doesn't make a lot of sense. That the plot doesn't really make sense, and um, it's like too serious. I think for kids to enjoy it, not serious enough for adults to enjoy it either. And it's like it, when it tries to be serious, it doesn't do it very well, and when it tries to be goofy, it doesn't do it very well. Um. But I do think visually it's kind of like very cool looking. I do think there's some like interesting cinematography. The, you know what? No, no. I, what am I saying? Have no fear. I'll say no. <laughs> this should not be remembered. <laughs> All right, uh, man, you uh, really hit the nail on the head there um, with your review. Uh, yeah, it uh, definitely fails as like a comedy. It uh, There's not enough like cheese to to make it so bad that it's good um if you want to see right. like some right. decent set design and um and if you want to see bob hoskins and dennis hopper try to make lemonade out of the lemons they were given then it might be worth watching but you got to be really into those actors uh overall i mean i don't feel like i'm gonna watch this again anytime soon and because of those reasons 
Super Mario Brothers 1993, you are obliterated. The heathens have spoken. You are obliterated. Right there we go. Uh, <laughs> your sister said no. She's never even watched it. <laughs> oh, Steve, uh, we didn't really talk about it, but uh, did you know? I, I'm, I'd be surprised if you don't know how uh, Bob Hoskins and Leguizamo were basically drunk in between yeah. takes and during takes the whole time filming the movie. Uh, basically, it was kind of like their way to like they knew they were making a bad movie, and the. The set was just like very disorganized. The shoot, mm-hmm. I should say, was very disorganized. And apparently, like in one scene that Legozama was driving the van, he like uh, I he accelerated too quickly. I think is what I read, and it caused like this door, like the sliding door, to close when uh, Bob Hoskins wasn't expecting it, and it broke his finger because uh, Legozama was driving drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you brought that. Uh, a drunk Azama. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, I definitely uh, saw that, and I had it in my notes. Uh, yeah, there's so much stuff to be talked about about what went on like behind the scenes that's uh, way more entertaining than the movie itself. Um, yeah, they apparently they were constantly getting like new scripts and uh, rewrites like all the time. So yeah, that definitely uh, added to their alcoholism um basically yeah well bob hoskins said that he was also stabbed four times yep. while shooting electrocuted and nearly drowned uh at one point yeah and have you ever seen um uh, dennis hopper he's uh told the story i think it was on conan i think i saw him say it once on conan basically where his uh his son was like uh dad like why did you um why did you play uh, King Koopa. I mean, he's like, you're a good actor. Why did you play in that movie Super Mario Brothers? And uh, Dennis Hopper was like, well, because, uh, you know, you need to eat, son. And then his son was like, I didn't need to eat that bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love the implication that Dennis Hopper wasn't going to have enough money for food. Right, if he didn't do Super Mario. I'm sure they all, I, I yeah. hope the actors got paid well uh because they deserve it for enduring this stuff <laughs> well i hope john Leguizamo uh actually had money taken out of I, his checks somehow. i agree <laughs> i agree 100 percent there um I, I mean his performance here isn't as annoying as he is in a lot of other right. movies and to be fair they did give him they, they made luigi kind of like a wide-eyed naive like almost kind of glib and you know not, not a very sharp guy yeah so he's the uh he, but he's also supposed to be like lovable and charming yeah. but it, it's hard to like be like charming stupid uh but also competent enough to like save daisy you, you know right. what i mean like and, be, and you mentioned that they kind of make him more the protagonist versus mm-hmm. mario and it's kind of hard to like i don't know cheer on that protagonist that's doing all that stuff right. you know no no logozama doesn't have the ch- you know what they should have made dennis hopper luigi <laughs> Because he's got the chops to pull it's it true. off. It's true. So when like he and Daisy kiss, it won't be weird at all. So Smoke Monster asked if he jumped like a... <laughs> By the way, I was laughing in the chat because your sister wrote Lee, wrote no, and then he I wrote saw that. Yeah, afterwards. that was awesome. <laughs> Does he jump like an idiot in the movie? I mean, the only time they really do any jumping is when they get their mechanical boots, but they don't jump like on anyone to kill them. They do jump around kind of foolishly. Yeah. 
But if you're desperate yeah. to watch it, Smoke Monster, and you don't want to pay any money, which you shouldn't, uh, someone uploaded it into chunks onto YouTube. Uh, so there you go. But uh, yeah, uh, anything else about uh, Super Mario no, Brothers I that you wanted to uh, think, discuss? Uh, I think that's going to do it. Um, I don't. Anything else to add before we sign off here? No, I would love to erase this from my memory. <laughs> Me, yeah, it was a slog <laughs> making making my way through it. Like I was, I think I made it half. Yeah, it's an hour and forty four. I made minutes. it like halfway like, through, and I was like, boy, on. I sure hope this is oh. <laughs> and it wasn't. The, the, yeah, this should have been ninety minutes. Not even. And I was just gonna say, I'm not even sure if even. Definitely no more than ninety. Mm-hmm. But I man, you could even go like an hour twenty. I feel like. All right, well, uh, join us uh, next week. It's our big 100th episode, which we're going to be treating just like another regular episode. But uh, if you want to be... You know why? Because another podcast, Steve, full of fear, (laughs) would have felt the need to do something special. But uh uh-uh, not us, Steve. We have no fear. That's right. That's the attitude we have. And you know what, Steve? If it were just about attitude, everyone would have it. No fear. That's an actual no fear shirt. I think I remember it well. I do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, ugh, this is a horrible transition. But if you like stuff with dinosaurs in it, you should check out, like Super Mario Brothers, you should check out my comic book, Escape to Earth. Many copies available, uh, and you can uh, buy it off the link in the description off of our big cartel website until then we'll see you uh next sunday as we as we continue to unearth even more obscure media only on obscurity now see you then i'm having a weird weird day my name's adam where i'm from i'm known as the zero thief depending on who you ask some might say i'm the best thief But believe it or not, even the best screws up every once in a while. And that's what I did, and I had to make a fast getaway. Ended up crash landing on this bizarre planet. Turns out, I didn't get away fast enough. These winged freaks followed me here. It's just us here, Zero Thief, on this empty backwards planet. So start talking, either to me or my blade. Okay, okay, I do have something to tell you. It's about the planet. It's not that empty. Come on, man. I thought you were going to die. Come on, loose. Cut me loose. Behind you. Whoa. Thought I was done for. It was going to be a light snack for a snarling creature. But then she showed up riding on the back of one of those monsters like it was nothing. And with a wave of her hand, the other razor-toothed beast just stomped away. I'd never seen anyone like her before in my life. I thought I'd say something clever. Thanks, uh, have you seen my ship? She gave me a look that said more than words ever could, because I think she was trying to read my mind or something. And from there, things just got even weirder. Issue 2, crowdfunding now. You've been enjoying Obscurity Now, a podcast that's recorded live to tape and streamed to Twitch and YouTube. Subscribe so you never miss an episode or hilarious quip. Take us with you by following the download links provided in the show notes to wherever you get podcasts. 
and take notice of our various social media links. If that's what you're into, I'm not here to judge. And make sure you join us live next week at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific as we continue to discuss more obscure media only on Obscure Now.